a husband who wanted to celebrate his wife's um, 35th birthday. And he asked his wife, what do you want to do? Like, what, what would just, just make you smile and happy? And, um, and, the, and the wife replied, man, I really wish I could be five again. And so what he did is that next day, he took her on a dizzying array of roller coasters at the local theme park, and they ate cotton candy, and they ate all the candies in the candy aisle, raisinets and M&Ms and, and, and everything that you can think about. Then he went to a local ice cream store after they were still dizzy from all the roller coasters, and then they went and they, they played at a, at a go-kart thing, and, and they went and raced each other, and they did all these things. And then after that, then... Uh, all, after all that, uh, they went to McDonald's, which was her favorite, um, her favorite restaurant growing up. And then after that, they went to the movies. And then after that, uh, they went and did some more rides and games. And well, they were exhausted. And as they were stumbling into bed after taking a shower and, and getting in for the night, the husband was asking, so, honey, um, how was it like to be, how, did, how was your day today? How was it like to be five again? And his wife was already almost barely awake, but she replied, what I really meant was a size five. <laughs> have you ever missed it? You might have missed that joke, and that's okay. <laughs> I missed it. I, I'm, I miss jokes all the time. But um, have you missed it? Have you ever been like the husband in which you've missed every, like, every, the obvious, the patently obvious? Well, today we're going to take a look at something that is so obvious, but yet something that I think, especially in this new year, that we really need to zero in on, and I think the Lord really wants us to focus in on on this. And it's right there in Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. And right here, we usually see that the gospel writers, uh, Matthew and other gospel writers included, they usually group things uh, thematically, not so much uh, chronologically in certain cases. And when they do that, they're doing it for a purpose, for for us to be able to see the facet of God's infinite character, maybe one facet of it um, in, in just breathtaking accuracy and preciseness. And that's what I think the Lord wants us to take a look at here in, um, in Matthew chapter 8, which we're right after a heavy teaching section, and now we're going into from the words of Jesus into the works um, of Jesus. And typically we see this as extensions of Jesus's messianic authority in his teachings. Um, we've seen that in verses in chapters 5 through 7 on the Sermon of the Mount, in the most famous sermon that Um, has ever been uttered in human history. How do you follow that up? Well, Jesus' intent, his intent is also for us to see that he was who he promised to be, who all the prophecies and all the scriptures, the Old Testament has promised um, for years and generations and centuries to come, that he was the promised Messiah. 
But in the midst of this, what is it that he doesn't want us to miss? What is it that Matthew decided, you know what, I'm going to take these healing stories that they may not be chronologically, um, you know, uh, in pace, but they are so powerful and they are so meaningful that I want to show them a piece of Jesus's character. And I think Jesus is asking us in the, and God is asking us today, are we going to miss that? Are we going to miss that in 2021? Are we going to hang on every single word of Jesus? And are we going to claim it as life for our souls? Look with me in Matthew chapter 8. And I really would love us to to look at Matthew chapter 8, 1 uh, 1 through 4. Let's read this together. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof. When you picture this moment, you just picture an incredible scene. I don't know if you've been watching um, uh, Victoria. It's a new PBS special that Jeff Breslin was telling me he was so good and finally got to, to watch that. But you see some in- incredible pictures of, of Britain, of Kensington, and all these castles, and, and of the coronation ceremonies of literally crowd, kind of pic- crowds of London seeing Victoria being crowned as king. Well, that kind of picture was probably very similar to the swarms of crowds that were following Jesus after he left their ears ringing from the Sermon of the Mount. If there was ever a time where Jesus wanted to prove his messianic authority, if he wanted to just highlight it and showcase it, it would be then. I mean, you can imagine so many ways in which the father would just say, this is my son whom I am well pleased. You can imagine him just booming another voice from heaven and saying, this is Jesus. This is the one you've been waiting for. Or maybe you can picture a a hallelujah course with myriads and myriads of companies of angels reprising that great hallelujah course. Or at the very least, the coronation ceremony, (laughs) what you would see in Victoria. But instead, Jesus' coronation ceremony looks very simply like this. A leper coming up to Jesus. And he asks, Jesus, if, if you will, you can make me clean. We see this, that Jesus could have been content with large crowds following him. He could have been content to see that he has the following of thousands and thousands of people. And he could have easily sidestepped this poor leper. I mean, most people probably didn't even see him anyways. But Jesus was not concerned with popularity. Jesus knew their hearts, and he needed them to see the depths of his very hearts. That's what we, I don't think Jesus wants us to miss that. Later, we see in the narrative that uh, when Jesus uh, saw the crowds, turn with me in in chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 36 in your Bibles, chapter 9, verse 36. 
We see that Jesus doesn't want us to miss it because he bookends his works with also um, this comment. And Matthew makes uh, a great emphasis to this. He said in verse, starting in verse 35 of chapter, uh, chapter 9, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here, he sees the crowd, and he has nothing but compassion for him. Literally, his inner depths of his heart is literally his bowels, his very guts. And as Richard Sibbs, the great Puritan writer, said about this verse, he said, quote, the works of his grace and mercy in Christ, they come from his bowels. Meaning that when Jesus does something, he just doesn't do something because he has to. He does something because he has such a deep and profound love for his creation, the one that he has seen from the very beginning, before they were even born, before they even existed, that Jesus acts, and when he acts, he acts out of his great mercy. You are given a very look, the deepest, one of the deepest looks that I can see in in Scripture of the very heart of Jesus. We are given a look into Jesus' heart. I mean, can you picture anything that you would be praying for than 2021? You could be praying for breakthroughs financially or spiritually. But one thing that I hope that we do not miss is that we would see Jesus' heart. Amen? We would see his heart. That Jesus does the unthinkable to the most untouchable. Back then, leprosy was just seen as an incurable disease. There was no self-respecting Jew or Pharisee that would ever, ever touch a man or a woman with an incurable disease. There would be nobody who would do that without the fear of being contaminated. No one would risk being DQ'd from uh, the religious system by by even touching a sick person. Lepers were barred from all worship services. It was even illegal to greet even a leper to say hello. They were shut out from all human interaction and had to live behind a wall. Lepers were treated as virtually dead by everyone. And worse off, they were not only seen as dead, but they, in those scriptures, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 10, said that they were even seen as cursed by God. William Barclay says that there's never been any disease which so separated a man from his fellow men as leprosy did. And I want you to see that they were left to die utterly, utterly and hopelessly alone. This was not just some skin disease. This affected everything, their entire lives. And nobody would even, no one would even look into their eyes, let alone acknowledge their existence. But yet when every single person would shudder, run away, or pretend that they're not even around, Jesus drew near. Notice when Jesus, he touched the leper, Jesus didn't get unclean. He became, the man became clean. He didn't do anything for God's invincible mercy and holiness and perfection. Jesus is not contaminated by touching those who 
have the leprosy. Jesus showed the depths of his compassion and his authority over disease, and immediately instant healing occurred. So don't miss this. This is the heart of Christ. Touching someone with leprosy would be equivalent to going into the ICU room of a COVID patient, or maybe even better yet, of a COVID patient who recently just had the latest strain of COVID. We would not even dare to stretch out a hand to a COVID patient without some kind of protection. Even if it was one of our loved ones, we'd be, in a sense, barred from being in there. Some of you have felt that from even being in the same room as them. Well, I'm not saying that we need to be unwise from those who suffer from COVID. What I'm saying is that there's a difference. There's a difference between Jesus and us. Jesus' compassion has no limits and no boundaries, but we have limits. We would hesitate to hold out our hands to anybody with a, even a lesser malady or a lesser sickness. We would hesitate to hold out our hand to a, a beggar on the streets. We would hesitate to hold out our hand to somebody with a, um, a disease that is unknown or incurable. And so we would rather have limits. We would rather have a box. And we would rather live inside of this box. And we would rather shut the window and we can donate online. We'll offer compassion as long as it doesn't threaten our well-being. But not Jesus. Jesus has compassion that is limitless. And Jesus had compassion for this leper. And gave them the dignity of not just human sight, but human touch. Jesus is the God of COVID patients and lepers alike. And so see Jesus' heart on display. Then Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now, a lot of times we pit the Old Testament between the New Testament and the Old Testament, and we wonder how there are so many rules and so many regulations and all those kind of things that we get lost in all, the, uh, in all the details with that, where I want us to see that when Moses commanded anyone who had leprosy to show themselves to the priest, and in those times, if you were healed, then you would bring an offering, a worship offering, very, I mean, just similar to the, the tone of what we give on Sundays, that you're giving a worship offering of your very life lives, and you're singing these songs as an expression of your very heart to the living God, giving him praise and glory and gratitude and lifting up your eyes to him and sitting under his word. And this is the same thing, although it looked differently, that they would bring an offering of two live birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop as an offering to God who had healed him and to cleanse themselves. But I think Jesus commanded the man in this, and Matthew included this small detail, was to show us this, that God's law and God's Old Testament and God's, um, uh, the spirit of the law is all connected because at the very heart of the law is God's heart. And God's heart was always after the, the unclean. He was always desiring to give mercy to the spiritually unclean, because that was the Father's heart. So don't miss that. It's not just 
Go show yourself to the priest so you can get that checked off the checklist. No, this is reminding us that at the very heart, the very heart of the law of Moses and the prophets is what? To love God and to love your neighbor. But at the very heart of it is the God of infinite love, the God who has entered into human space, into the darkness of our world, into the sinful race of our world. And he's become a baby. And that baby grew up a sinless life, lived a righteous life, lived a life that we should have lived. And then he was put to trial innocently. He had never done anything wrong. But Jesus Christ was crucified so that he could take upon your sin and my sin. And not only that, on the third day, he rose again in victory, taking upon the great wrath of God and the anger of God, exhausting it all onto his body and and experiencing loneliness beyond compare. And then he lifted himself up from a grave three days later, showing that we can have eternal fellowship with God by our faith, repentance, and trust in Jesus Christ. This is the God who desires us. And this is the God who is at the very heart of the law, at the very heart of this passage, is saying to us, that's who I am. This is my heart. Jesus desired not to be pigeonholed as just a miracle worker. He didn't want, because he knew that he was pigeonholed into a miracle worker, that his people would be in danger of missing it, right? That he came to do the most important work of preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And Jesus not only wanted to show him that he was the fulfillment of the Messiah, he did not want to only show him that he was the authoritative Messiah, but he also wanted us to see the infinite depths of his loving heart. Don't miss the Messiah's heart here in a gentle touch of the compassion to a leper. Hope family, when you look to somebody, whether they be somebody on the street or destitute or poor or homeless or a COVID patient or a certain brand of politics, whatever that might be, do you see them? Do you extend a hand to them? Are your hearts filled with compassion? Do you see them as if they, if they saw right through you that they would see the heart of Jesus? But, whole family, I miss it so much. We miss it. We get so busy doing the letter of the law, but we neglect the weightier things of compassion and mercy. You know, yesterday, as my three kids and I, we were taking a drive we were looking to share some of our prepared uh, care packages that we have in the car just to share uh, with friends uh, that we see on the street that might be in need. And, and as I was driving around, like literally looking for people, I was suddenly gripped by the question, am I just sharing it just to share it? Am I just sharing this to get it out of my car? Or am I really going out and am I having the heart of Jesus? And I really had to wrestle with that question. I really had to wrestle with my own heart and that sense of whether I'm operating out of obligation or my own um, need to do that or just whatever that might be or my duty. And so the Lord, by his grace, we wound up meeting a man named Kelly who's really appreciative. And I got to share that God just sees him, that God knows him by name and that he hasn't forgotten about him. And after that, as we drove off, 
we asked them for prayer. And after that, I asked the kids, what did you see about Kelly? And they noticed things about the man, including that he was sitting in a wheelchair. And then I also mentioned, you know what I saw? I saw that his shoes, what is the heels of his shoes were like completely lopsided. And one of them suggested, do you know, you know, maybe when we, uh, we can go out and get some shoes and we can give it back to him. But daddy, how do you know, how do you know his shoe size? <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, that's a good question. And that's maybe something we can ask for next time. But you know what? I think it reminded me that as my kids were learning to see, that I was also looking to see too. Looking to see out of the heart of Jesus to those around us. And I think that's where the Lord wants us to land, that we would be having a heart to see people when we first look at Jesus' heart and we see the infinite compassion of his gentle touch to a leper that was already considered dead by the world because he's a God who makes dead people alive. And so I wonder how the leper felt after that. I wonder how the leper felt loved. I wonder how, for the first time, that he was seen, not as a leper, but as a man created in God's image, and one who, one day, I think we will see him bound before Jesus in worship. And so, whole family, I really don't want us to miss this. As we invite the worship team to come forward, I really don't want us to miss. I just don't want us to go through texts. I don't want us to go through preaching. I don't want us to go through home groups or whatever the Lord has for us and just miss it. I'm really asking the Lord to give us spiritual eyes and spiritual hearts to be able to see his heart, to be in tune with his voice, that we would not miss the heart of God this season and for the seasons to come, that during this fast and during this church-wide prayer and fast, that if there would be anything that you would be praying for, that you would be praying for this, that you would be praying that, God, I would see your steadfast love and that I would be satisfied in the Lord's love because out of that flows everything else. It flows compassion. It flows evangelism. It flows discipleship. It flows um, obedience to the word of God, but that we would see the heart of Christ Christ this year and through our time in God's Word. So let me invite you to stand. Let me invite you to stand. And as we sing and as we close this time, I, I pray that the Lord would just continue uh, just to work in your heart. That the greatest prayer, if you haven't been, if you've been so busy just dealing with stuff, trying to get out of the, leth- the lethargy of, uh, of the holiday season and trying to go and not and dreading going back to work tomorrow and, and, and going through all these motions, that you'd first stop, confess your utter need of Jesus. And that you would come directly face to face with the Jesus of the Bible that touched the leper and made him clean. Will you come before him and just remind yourself and come before the heart of Christ? And then after that, praying that also that you'd be satisfied in the morning by his steadfast love, that you would feel so loved by the Father, so loved by his Spirit, so loved by the Son, that, that it would change and transform your very life. Let's go ahead and pray that. 
as we enter this time of prayer. And we're going to have a time of prayer like we usually do. And we invite the prayer team to come forward. And if you're a guest or covenant member, we'd love to pray for you in anything that you have. Whatever is on your heart, we would just be a delight and a privilege to pray for you. We just ask that one man pray with one man and one woman pray with one woman or any other combination. So let's go ahead and pray together as we continue to seek God's face that we would not miss out on what God has for us. Father, we just pray that you would enter in this time and this space. As we have seen your compassion and your mercy to a leper, oh Lord, we see your hearts. That there is no one excluded from your kingdom, not even the greatest disease Uh, or the greatest outcast, God, you are drawn to them. And Lord, you're also drawn to us. You know us in our sins and our failures and our struggles and our hangups and our mistakes. You know our past. You know our present. You know our future. And God, you have not given up on your love for us. Lord, your heart warms even deeper in affection for us, Father. You love us with that undying love. And you have shown that by giving up your very life, Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross and rising again. I pray that today we would feel loved again by you. We would renew our love that you uh, have loved us with. Thank you, God, that you first loved us. Father, entering this time, this space, in Jesus' name, amen. Do great works in us and us.